Hey there, Marketing Sweats fans. Misty here. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Sweats. I can't believe we're already in our eighth season of the podcast. I've talked with marketers, business consultants, authors, and speakers across the country, but this season, I'm bringing it back home. I'm talking to local leaders right here in Peoria about the massive movement underway to help our community grow. It's called Choose Greater Peoria. And today I'm talking with Dr. Chris Reynolds. He's the vice president for intercollegiate athletics at Bradley University. He's been such a vocal champion for our effort. Born and raised here in Peoria, he received a scholarship to play basketball and get his education at Indiana University. From there, he went to law school and eventually earned a PhD in sports management. He spent a number of years leading athletics programs at universities in Indiana, Michigan, and the Chicago metro area. Then he finally got a call from Bradley University after being gone for 25 years, and he came back to Peoria in 2015. Chris is passionate about helping young people develop, and he sees athletics as a tool to learn valuable skills and lessons that really make a difference in life well beyond sports. In this interview, you'll hear how Chris coaches did that for him and how athletic programs at Bradley University are doing the same for 200 plus student athletes and really making a difference for youth in our community. I admire Chris's heart and his contagious enthusiasm for building up his little corner of the world at Bradley and how that's spilling over into the entire community. And after listening to this episode, I think you'll feel it too. So let's get to it. Okay, friends, I'm here today with Chris Reynolds, the Vice President for Intercollegiate Athletics at Bradley University. Welcome, Chris. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you for having me, Misty. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you're somebody that is inspiring and has been such a vocal champion for our Choose Greater Peoria efforts. So I'm excited to dig into all of that with you today. But I want to start with a little bit of your background and story. Tell us a little bit about how you came up in the world, where you went to school, what you were passionate about, and kind of how you stepped through your journey to get where you are today. Well, it's been quite a journey, that's for sure. One that's been very exciting, and I certainly wouldn't trade it for anything. Born and raised here in Peoria, and had the opportunity to go to Lauks Elementary School, and so I grew up around that area, around McLaurin University, attended Peoria High, and had the good fortune of playing basketball growing up, and, and then being offered a scholarship to play basketball and get my education at Indiana University. After graduating from IU in 93, I went directly to law school. After that, decided to tip my toe in the water and see if I wanted to get involved in intercollegiate athletics. My goal has always been to be an instrumental part of helping young people develop. Athletics is certainly just a tool or platform or a vehicle for helping young people develop socially educationally and otherwise. And so for me, because I obviously was familiar with athletics, it seemed like it would be a good marriage. And so far, it's worked out pretty well. That's awesome. What was it about your sort of upbringing in the world that made you passionate about that? Did you have coaches or mentors that sort of instilled that for you? So you wanted to pay it forward? Absolutely. I'm a product of a great deal of people mentoring me, inspiring me, pushing me and helping me along. And certainly I've had coaches. Coach Knight was incredibly instrumental in instilling the importance of education. And he's the one who put the thought in my mind about going to law school and also went on to get a Ph.D. as well. But that was Coach Knight and his inspiration, his belief in me before I believed in myself 
and inspiring me and giving me the tools that I needed to further my education. That's amazing. Well, and I should have acknowledged that you are Dr. Chris Reynolds with your PhD in philosophy. Is that right? It's a PhD in sport management. Oh, okay. So I think all PhDs are doctors of philosophy of something. And so it's been something that I really enjoy from the perspective of it provided so many opportunities for me to teach on the graduate level, to teach undergraduate students. And so I've had another life before my work in athletics as well, where I had an opportunity to be in a classroom. And I know that, know what it's like to grade papers and things of that nature and interact with students on the campus level as well. Yeah. Say more about Coach Knight. I want you to talk a little bit about that relationship. So many people know of him, but what was he like as a human and how did he sort of, sort of build that inspiration into you? Well, I would say just before I get into Coach Knight, Coach Bisher, I don't oh, want to, yeah. I'd no, be Coach remiss Bisher. if I didn't mention him. He really provided a lot of structure in addition to my parents as it relates to just focusing on what's important in life. And Coach Bisher was great just in terms of preparing me for my time in Indiana. Coach Knight, I love him and we all love him, those who played with and for him. And he is so inspiring just in terms of pushing you to do things that maybe you didn't think you could do. He would provide books to me to read and and really push me outside of my comfort zones, really encourage me to explore areas and things outside of basketball. Mm, yeah. And he was really big on whenever we would go to a city to play, we took a field trip. And so, for example, we went and played St. John's in New York City. But the day before, we toured New York City and we saw the Statue of Liberty and we saw things that had nothing to do with basketball. Yeah. And it, for him, it was his opportunity to educate us on the world and impart what he knew about things to us and really helped us to see ourselves as global citizens and talked about how we could one day be a big time contributor into the things that are going on around us. And so he just had such a big picture view of the world and sports was just a part of it. That's so cool. For people that know him, they understand that for him, the basketball games are fun and he's certainly passionate about it, but he was much more than that and and certainly still is. And so, um, that's where I get a lot of my thinking from. Mm. Sport is really just a microcosm of, of the world. And when I talk with our student athletes at Bradley, I talk with them about how sport provides an opportunity, an arena for them to learn time management, to learn discipline, to learn hard work, to learn how to fail and get back up and get back out there and try it again. So many transferable skills young people learn from sport that they can use in what I call the real world. And so that's why I think sport is so uniquely positioned to really help young people. It doesn't matter if it's college sports or high school sports. It really provides so many life lessons that help young people as they transition to things beyond sport. So well said and and definitely see that, you know, sport can be just a microcosm of much bigger issues uh, around the world. You have held many positions in athletics. Talk a little bit about some of those stops along the way and ultimately why you came back to Bradley. After graduating from law school, I went out to 
Overland Park, Kansas, where the NCAA national office once was and did an internship out there just to see if it was something I wanted to do as a career. And once I decided I wanted to do that, I did, then decided I wanted to work on a college campus versus work at the national office. And so from there, I went to Michigan State University. I was there for a short time, spent three years at Western Michigan University. From there, went to University of Notre Dame for three years, then went back to my alma mater, Indiana University. I was there for about nine years. And during that time, I also was a PhD student and finished my PhD during that time. And then when I graduated for the third time from Indiana University, I moved on to a senior level role at Northwestern University, was there for a brief time and had the opportunity to come back home to Peoria and Bradley University. Well, and you tell the story about how someone called you, right? You felt very sort of sought out and wanted. And you talk about how important that is for all of us as leaders to reach into our network and pull talent back into the region. I was talking with a young man who wanted some guidance and some advice. And he works at another university. I never met him. I get calls from people all around the country, young administrators seeking advice. And what I expressed to him is I've really never quote unquote, applied for a job from the perspective of me going after it and not knowing people who were on the other end of the phone. It's always been somebody who I've known or knew me or there's always been some type of connection or relationship. And I would say 90% of the time, I was at my office doing my job and the phone rings and um, it's such a small world. And, and I communicate to young people, if you just show up every day, work hard, do your best, people will hear about you. For me, it's, it's been quite simple and I've just really enjoyed every stop along the way, but certainly have had a lot of people in my corner helping me, supporting me, mentoring me, guiding me. Certainly wouldn't be here without the many people that have been in my corner. Awesome. Well, tell me more about that call from Bradley. You talk about coming back to the area. You know, maybe you weren't sure that you wanted to, but you took the director of athletics position in 2015 and then elevated to the VP over time. So what is that experience like? We've been so focused on marketing and getting our message out, but the real world sort of lived experience of coming back and meeting with people and seeing the environment, I know was important on your journey. It was terrific. And what I had to remind people of when I came back and was officially announced and started my first day that I'd been gone for 25 years. And even though time went by really fast and certainly there were visits back to Peoria in that interim period, I was using my GPS to get around town because I'd <laughs> forgotten so many things. And so it took a couple months to figure things out again. And But one thing that hadn't changed were the people and the people were the same. And I just had to figure out where Sheridan was and how do I get sure. from Sheridan to War <laughs> Memorial Drive. But beyond that, the, but the people were the same and, and that's what makes Peoria special. Terrific people. I've lived in, as I've told people all the time, East Lansing, Michigan, uh, South Bend, Indiana, Bloomington, Indiana. And by far, without there being a close second, this is the best place I've lived. Oh, and it's been that. a terrific place for our family. And we've really enjoyed our time, every moment of our time here in Peoria. Yeah. 
Well, I think everybody was dying laughing when you told the story about them warning you, right, about the intersection uh, up by Bradley. Talk a little bit about that because you talk about how short the commutes are and how much that is meant for time with your family, that sort of thing. Absolutely. If you're here in Peoria and you never left, you can take so much for granted. And so prior to being at Bradley, I was at Northwestern University and the travel time from my house to O'Hare Airport was quite different. Sure. And so my wife and I, we really appreciated being able to be back here in Peoria. And we're really just amazed initially at how quickly you can get from your car to the gate. I mean, sure. it was like, this is like crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is. Just those conveniences. There's things to do here. The Civic Center, they do a tremendous job of bringing shows and concerts and, and, and the community has really come together around different events in the community. And the way Peoria works together, I think is rather unique and very special, but it's such a supportive environment. It's something that I certainly don't take for granted. And in my eight plus years here, we've really enjoyed and it's been terrific. That's great. So let's talk a little bit about your actual role and job at Bradley. I want you to kind of give us a sense of all that you're responsible for, um, how you sort of bring Peoria to a bigger stage. I know you have a role in NCAA and that sort of thing. So talk about what Bradley has meant to you and what it means to the community and sort of kind of how you spend your time. Well, Bradley's a special place to me. Um, as I mentioned during my journey, I attended any university. However, when I was in high school, I would go to Hostler Hall years ago and I would play basketball in there. And I can remember walking in there and seeing Hersey Hawkins and Jim Less. And, and for me, they were bigger than life figures. And I remember Bobby Humbles would play with us at lunchtime. And Bobby was probably in his 30s or 40s and he hadn't lost a step. And so <laughs> it was just, it was such fun. And so to be able to come back to Bradley was a little bit surreal something that I just never even envisioned, never really thought about it. But when it happened, I was like, this is really cool, yeah. really special. And so we have 15 sport programs, just terrific people in the department. It's it's one big family, sure. very supportive, very, it's a family environment, which I really enjoy. We really believe in getting involved in the community. During my time here, we have partnered with over 70 organizations and our student athletes 20 plus are involved in getting active with the youth here in Peoria to, to help make a difference and and so that is really special to me as somebody who was helped by other people as a youth growing up in Peoria I certainly understand the importance of Bradley being in the community and, and helping in a major way and we're going to continue to do that we haven't announced it I can announce it here and talk a little bit about it but we're going to partner with Peoria Public Schools, and we'll announce it probably more formally and officially in a couple of weeks, where we're going to have 200 plus student athletes involved in the Peoria Public Schools grades three through six and be there for them in what I call an immersive and transformative experience where they'll be tutoring, they'll be there to help teachers. I know teachers need assistance, you know, teacher aides, um, mentoring, we have student athletes from 17 countries around the world, uh, many of which are not from Peoria. They come from almost every state in this union. And so 
for our young people in this community to have exposure to young people who one day, you know, hopefully understand, and I think they understand the importance of giving back. Sure. But for us, it's not just helpful for the youth here in Peoria, but it's helpful for our student athletes. Yeah. I remember being a young person being asked to go to a school and certainly there's a hundred other things that a student athlete could be doing during that time. And you don't really appreciate how important it is. It transformed my life as a college student. I was not a public speaker at all growing <laughs> up, but Coach Knight made us go to schools and talk to young people. And I remember talking to a second grade class. I'll never forget it. And there were probably 12 of these second graders. And I was scared to death. I had to stand up in front of, in front of them and talk and um, nervous and tense. And, but he made us do it. And I kept going back and kept going back. And before too long, I became pretty good at it. Yes, you are. (laughs) But it was because I had experience and had an opportunity to try it out and and make a lot of mistakes trying it. But it was a part of my upbringing. And so I know our student athletes will benefit as well. But to have all of our sport programs immersed in the Peoria Public Schools. And so we're going to assign sport programs to schools. And those will be their schools. That's neat. And so I believe that when mentoring works, it's not just one time every month. I mean, it's it's immersive. It's regular. It's continuous. And and I think it'll help because you develop relationships. Yeah, You got to show up for those kids. Yeah, absolutely. And then the young people in those schools, they'll get familiar and comfortable with our student athletes. And then you start talking about goal setting. And I tell you what, I wish I had somebody who was in college talking with me about my goals. Right. It's just going to make a tremendous difference in the lives of these young people. And I'm so excited to be a part of it. And when I came back to Peoria, this is what I had in mind. That's great. It was about helping to uplift our community. Sport is simply just a part of it. And our programs uh, strive to do well competitively. And that is certainly a part of our greater Peoria area, the entertainment value that it brings to our community. But I tell you what, that's just one facet of making a difference in our community. And so what we're endeavoring to do here beginning this fall is what I call the second leg of that stool, where we can have an immersive and transformative experience with young people in our community, in a way that's going to change your lives. I love that so much. Just before you, I was talking to John Morris from the museum, and I know you're a board member there, and you are somebody who is known throughout the community for giving back, and we're so thankful for that. I do want to circle back, though, before we dig in more to the community stuff. You mentioned some of the greats uh, that you got to play with. My dad actually played at Bradley in the 70s, and both of my parents went to Bradley. I have two degrees from Bradley, so Bradley's so much a core of who I am, but basketball's a big part of that brand. So talk about how you balance sort of that part of our Peoria legacy with these other 15 sports that you need to support and what you think is important in all of that. Yeah, we we have 200 plus student athletes. And what I wanted to make sure I established from day one at Bradley and Bradley Athletics is that I'm the director of athletics or the vice president for intercollegiate athletics, not just for the men's basketball program, but for all of our student athletes. And so when you walk into my office, At Bradley, I have a picture of every one of our sport teams. That's cool. Because when our student athletes across all of our sport programs come into my office, I want them to see themselves up on my wall. 
And I want to make sure that everyone feels valued. Absolutely. That's really important to me from women's tennis to volleyball, women's basketball, doesn't matter the sport. They're working just as hard. Yeah. Certainly understand that men's basketball is the flagship program and certainly important to our community. But these young people, they have a small window of time, four to five years in college on our campus. And I want to make sure they have an incredible experience. I believe that college athletics is such a great human development opportunity for young people where they learn and grow and they learn about themselves. They learn about their surroundings. It's, it's such a transformative time in their lives. And I want to make sure that every one of our student athletes across every sport program, when they leave, they are prepared for life. That's my responsibility. And if I fail one of those student athletes, then I'm not doing my job. Yeah. And so it's really important that I'm present. I'm talking with them. I met earlier this week with our volleyball team and gave them a, a, a pep talk as they start their season. Um, I talked with our soccer team and, and did the same thing. But all of our student athletes, they know me. And that's really important to me. One day, these student athletes are going to have to go into the workforce. And I always say it's not about these four years on campus. It's about the next 40 years. And it's my responsibility to do everything I can to prepare them for what's to come. I love that. Well, you know, this Choose Greater effort is about talent attraction to the region, but, you know, we've, we're all as leaders talking about how important that workforce development and that retention and growing from within. So it sounds like you're doing that every day, bridging the athletics to the academics. For somebody listening who might not understand the trajectory of Bradley overall, even outside of, you know, the work you're doing with the athletes, tell us a little bit about some of the strategic things you guys are working on and where the athletics program fits into that. Yeah, I would say with regards to athletics, athletics is viewed by many not just at our institution, but around the country as a window into the institution, the front porch of a school. Many people, as you referenced earlier, they know about the Bradley basketball tradition. And so they attach themselves to the university because of the basketball program. And so that's why it was important for me when I arrived eight years ago. And I tell you what, we've come a long way in basketball on the men's side from where we were eight years ago, it took a lot of hard work and a lot of effort and lifting by the entire community to get to where we are. But for me, that was really important to establish credibility. What I believe is that people want to attach themselves to a winner. Absolutely. And for me, that was job one, getting the basketball program to a place of respectability and a place where people would come back to games, want to be a part of what we're doing, and be a sense of pride for the community. That was incredibly important because then that gives me the opportunity and the platform to be able to do other things like be involved in the community. But if I'm not doing my job, I probably should focus on that and and make sure that succeeds. But success succeeds every single day of the week. And so we just want to make sure that we continue to win, win in the community, win in the classroom, win in competition, win in everything that we do. Our 200 plus student athletes have a cumulative GPA of 3.45. They are absolutely crushing it because we have a culture in our department where academic, competitive, 
and community success is the expectation. Sure. It's not something that's nice to do. It's what we expect from day one. And so we attract young people that want to succeed. And those that maybe don't want to as much, they kind of weed themselves out. They don't want to be a part of it because they almost feel awkward because we have young people that are all about it. And again, I had to set that from day one and let people know that this is what we're doing. This is the direction. And so it's been a build. We didn't get here overnight, but we're in a really good place from that perspective. And I'm so proud of, of what our staff and our coaches and our student athletes have been able to build over the past eight years. That's amazing. Well, I know you've even set some records academically during your tenure. So good for you. And I love your, the way you phrased that, that success breeds success and we're a front door. And it's something I have to tell you, you know, this last season during the tournament, just going to St. Louis and being a part of a community that was willing to travel, like you do, you feel that in your bones. And if you can associate that with the Bradley brand, you're absolutely building momentum for the school overall. And to what you referenced earlier, Misty, which is really important, us being a part of the community and being integrated into the community is so important because we want to be, we are the community. We are part of it. And so Bradley has over a thousand employees who are part of the community. Yeah. Ambassadors I mean, for the brand. They're out there talking about it. Right? Absolutely. They work at Bradley. They go to the they go to the grocery store. They go to running Centrum buy shoes. I mean, they're part of the community. And so it's important that we represent ourselves in a first class manner. Bradley has a great reputation nationally, a great reputation regionally. I've always associated myself with universities that were winners. And I've always been a part of teams that were winners. Right. And so it's it's in my DNA. And anytime that we feel that we're not measuring up, then we have to do everything within our power to fix it and get it right because our community deserves it. Absolutely. Well, I was telling some of our creative team before this interview that I was going to have a chance to talk with you. And they said, ask him about the asterisk idea. So if you don't know what the asterisk idea is, we've just evolved our creative campaign for this Choose Greater effort to really talk about how Peoria is kind of a star. It's a little star among big stars, but we have our own light, right? And I think of Bradley the same way. It's sort of up on the hill. It's a big star in our community. You know, it's something we're all very proud of. But when you think about your own sort of asterisk idea, the things that you say to people about Bradley or Peoria overall, especially in recruitment or otherwise, like something you don't know, what's special about us? What's our light? And beyond the traffic and the airport, right? Because <laughs> those are just what we have. But like, who are we and why is it so special here? I would say simply that you can do and be anything you want to do from Peoria because I did. And growing up here, if I would have told people that I would go to law school and graduate, get a Ph.D., work at places like Michigan State and Notre Dame and Indiana, serve as chair of the Division I Men's Basketball Committee, they wouldn't have believed me. And I don't think I would have believed me. Right. But the people in this community prepared me and gave me a springboard so that when I left Peoria at 17 years old, I was certainly far from a finished product, but I had the raw materials. I had enough so that when I took that next step, I was prepared and I wouldn't have been able to do it. I remember Miss Going, my first grade teacher at Lauks. <laughs> she had a hand in this. Sure. 
I remember talking with a young lady yesterday. Her mom was very instrumental in kindergarten. I remember because when I went over to Indiana, she was there. She was part of my experience my first year in college. And people in Peoria, they continued along the journey with me. Coach Bisher would come over. My parents would come over. My sister just had so much support, but it all started here. And those first 17 years of my life were just so critical to where I'm sitting right now. I remember Dana Davis, who was a student manager on those Bradley basketball teams with Mitchell J.J. Anderson, and he was the unofficial mayor of Peoria at one point. (laughs) I remember him getting me jobs uh, when I was in high school, and there was just so many people along the way that gave in a very altruistic way because they just simply wanted to help. Right. And so when I came back to Peoria, one thing that struck me, there's no place I've ever lived that has as many fundraisers Mm -hmm. as Peoria. The people here in this community give like none other. Right. From a pure heart. And that's something that's so unique, so special. I find that if everybody is lifting the lift is a lot easier and we have mastered that. And so while we've been able to accomplish a great deal in the athletics department, I will tell you people like Bob Carruthers, I mean, there's just, I could list people for days that will stop whatever they're doing at a moment's notice and help Chris Reynolds, yeah, help Bradley athletics. It makes the job a lot easier because you have people that care. And, 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 and one thing that has helped me, for all my life. And to me, you talk about that asterisk. If I could think of one phrase or one sentence that summarizes the people in Peoria, it's that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. And nobody cares more than the people in this community. And so when you talk about the Greater Peoria Initiative and campaign, Choose Peoria or Greater Peoria, the care factor here is so strong. Right. And so what you find is, and you talk to people that have been here for a number of years, they maybe didn't come here with the intent of staying, but once they came back, then they look up, man, it's 20 years. It's just, it's special. It is. It's special. You can feel it. I know we did at the launch of the initiative and we've continued. I feel like we've built such strong relationships with all the leaders in the community throughout this effort. To your point about giving, we are the city of gratitude, right? We express our thanks and pay it forward. But you have acknowledged to me in a very sort of honest and vulnerable and direct way that this has to be a place where there's opportunity for all. And so talk a little bit about how passionate you are about that and what we are doing now as leaders to help sort of help all ships rise. Absolutely. And and credit to the leadership of the Choose Greater Peoria effort, recognizing the importance that it has to be all hands on deck. It has to be a situation where everybody who wants to be at the table can have a voice heard, can have a seat at the table so they can be heard. But it, it, it takes it's going to take all of us. And so I have been welcome with open arms in this community and certainly, at least in my mind, represent what can happen if a person decides that they want to give back, they want to make a difference, they want to help others, they want to be a part of something special. 
And certainly, I've never turned away help. <laughs> and so we right. certainly want to open our arms to anybody who wants to help us along this journey. Absolutely. We've done a lot of community meetings. We want to hear all the voices. Even though the focus of this Choose Greater effort is currently about talent attraction, as you know, it's also about building a positive Peoria, right, and a brand and identity for our city. Have you noticed a tangible shift in the sort of how we talk about ourselves since this initiative started? I have, absolutely. And to me, it's, it's no different than success competitively. You have to be intentional about it. It's not just going to happen. And so we have been intentional about this effort in a big time way. I talked with Laura Conan an hour ago, <laughs> right? And yeah. I just called her just to check in. Hey, how are you doing? And that's what it's going to take. It has to be top of mind. And it's every day and every day and every day and every day. It's the same message I give our student athletes. If you're going to be successful, it's absolutely every day and it's just chipping away. Absolutely. It's not an overnight deal. And so if we continue along this path, we'll make so much progress. We'll look back on it and be like, wow, how did we get here? Yeah. Well, thank you for your ambassadorship because you've been a great voice. And I think you have such a wide following that I think people are listening to what you have to say. Even taking time like this is, is very meaningful. Yeah. I do want to pivot and talk a little bit more about you, Chris. I just want to know, you know, what else is on your heart to share? What did we not cover today, either about Bradley or Choose Greater, that you want folks to know? Well, I would say with regards to Bradley and Bradley Athletics, I want this community to know that as someone who was born and raised in this community, I'm here for the community. Bradley is a part of the community, but I'm here for the community. And together, we can do anything we put our mind to. I've experienced it. I've seen it as someone in, on a small level of success. And I say small level because sports are just a microcosm of life. As I talked about, it's a platform, it's a tool, it's a vehicle. But I can recall, Misty, watching television in 1981. I was 10 years old and watching Indiana University win the national championship and their best player was a point guard, a black kid from the state of Illinois named Isaiah Thomas. And 12 years later, a black kid from the state of Illinois, Chris Reynolds, was playing in a Final Four. And I've always said, if you can see it, you can be it. And when I saw that image as a 10-year-old kid, I said, you know what? That's what I want to do. And I saw him wearing that Indiana University jersey. It stuck in my mind. And so for me, I've seen it. I've experienced it. I remember walking across that law school stage and getting my diploma. I can remember being hooded for my PhD. Young people in this community have to know that if they put their mind to it, if they have a desire, we can help them get there. Because our young people are going to be the leaders of this community tomorrow. And so that's why I'm so intentional about them. And we have to do everything we can to support them. We also have to do everything we can to support our local businesses. Because they're going to be critically important to our growth as a community. And so if we can continue to tout this message, a positive message, which it is, I mean, people are, 
I remember when I came to town, you get on the internet and there were so many negative messages about Peoria Public Schools. My daughter's in the IB program at Richwoods High School, straight A student, doing a great job, but it is a terrific high school. Right. Yeah. People don't know. I mean, there's just amazing things happening. And that's part of the asterisk idea is like, there's so many stories that we have to share. And what we're doing now, Misty, we're telling our story. Yes. I'm so excited about that. And that was the missing piece, I believe, as a relatively, I could say a newcomer just here eight years. I mean, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but this effort, I've never seen any effort like this because I wasn't here before, but I love our effort because it's everybody included in the effort. Everybody is vested. Um, when you look at the number of companies that have signed on to be a part of this, it's everybody. Yeah. Well, I love what you're doing with your your athletes. 200 plus, you said, out in the schools. They can plus. champion the Choose Greater Peoria message. Keep our amazing talent here in our community and tell them all their opportunity there is. I tell you what, we all got to wave the banner. Yeah. We all got to be saying the same <laughs> thing from the same hymnal. Right. And if we can do that, there is absolutely no limit to what we can accomplish. And so I'm just glad to be a part of it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, before I let you go, I have to ask just a couple questions about you. You've already shared so much with us about your own leadership philosophies, but what are some core truths or words of wisdom that you've learned to live by as, you, as you've grown in your leadership? It's just really simple. I, I just think you have to believe in God, believe in yourself, and just go for it. I mean, I just try to keep it simple. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, when I was a student athlete at Indiana, we had a sign in our locker room. I looked at every single day for four years, and the sign said, don't complicate winning. And I think sometimes we just make this too hard. We do. We do. And that's part of my message. I have a small consulting business on top of my marketing firm. And I talk about how just being kind to ourselves and knowing how good we are is enough. Right. Put that out into the world and people will want to follow it. But sometimes we're really down on ourselves. You can't be that way in athletics, I imagine. No, no. <laughs> and, and, and to what you said, you know, I, I never really thought about a philosophy or anything like that. But, but I did learn a poem a couple of days okay. ago. Sure. And I think it represents my philosophy and, and, and one that I've at least tried to model every single day of my life. But it says, if you can't be a pine on the top of a hill, be a shrub in the valley. But be the best little shrub on the side of a reel. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. For it isn't by size that you win or you fail. Be the best at whatever you are. Wow. And that is simply what I've tried to do. Misty, and, and I'm not trying to be Mr. Humble or anything like that. I never was the smartest. I never was the fastest, the quickest. I never could shoot the best. I was never any of those things. But I remember my Aunt Audrey when I was probably about six years old. We were at a family reunion in a small town called Louisiana, Missouri. Never, people haven't heard of that town. But she looked at a group of us, and there was probably about 15 of us at this family reunion. And she pointed our direction. And she said, you know what? There's something special about that one. And I just knew she was talking about me. <laughs> that gives me goosebumps. I mean, I just said, she's talking about me. <laughs> like, there was 15 other people around sure, me, right? Sure. But I was like, she's talking about me. 
And I tell you, Misty, I think the difference between me and a lot of other young kids growing up this, in this community, I believed it. Yeah. I, I believed, believed it. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm special. And every single day, I just carried myself differently. I wasn't like the other kids. I remember Coach Knight would tell us um, stories. He coached the Olympic team in 1984. Michael Jordan was on that team, and he played at North Carolina, and he might have still been in college. Can't remember. Maybe he just left for the NBA. But I remember you had this group of young men, mostly in college, that were terrific athletes. But I remember Coach would talk to us about the team, and he said, you know what, there was just something different about Michael. He wasn't like the other kids. He was just different. The way his mannerisms, the way he communicated, he didn't joke a whole lot. He was focused, serious, almost unusually serious for an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid. And I was a little bit like that growing up. One of my favorite players of all time in the history of Bradley Athletics and Bradley University was a guy named Rick Malnati. Okay. It wasn't Hersey Hawkins. It wasn't <laughs> Mitchell Anderson. When I was growing up, Rick Malnati was my guy. I talked to him a couple of days ago, and we share a love for Coach Stoll, who I interviewed a couple of weeks ago. I love that guy. But Rick Malnati was my guy. He probably averaged like two points a game at Bradley. His nickname was a spark plug. I remember that. But he dove after every loose ball. That was me in high school. In high school, I averaged six points a game my junior year. But I just played so hard. Just put the work in, yeah. And I talk to our student athletes about this all the time. I have a degree in everything it takes to succeed in life that requires no talent. <laughs> That's what I tell them. I said, it's showing up on time. It's working hard. It's being a vocal leader. Everything you can do that requires no talent, if you just do that, right. you stand out. Yeah. And I was that guy. Right. Passionate, energetic, enthusiastic, high-level belief. Let's go do it. Let's go charge a mountain. And what I find is that if you can just see something that's bigger than yourself, believe in it, and just go for it, a friend of mine would always say, if you shoot for the moon. And even if you miss, you'll be amongst the stars. And I tell you what, I, I was telling a colleague on campus a week or so ago, I have failed my way to this position. And what I mean by that is when you go for it in life, you're going to fall short a lot. To me, it's like lifting weights. You lift until you just can't lift another rep, right? You just push and push and push until you fail. But you got to do that and you are going to fall short. But if you're not failing, you're not trying. Right. Absolutely. And many times we play small ball. We're so conservative. We're afraid to step out there. Well, you know what? I've gone for it. And in going for it, you're going to look foolish sometimes. And sometimes you're going to make a lot of mistakes. But I tell you what, you learn the lessons, you get back up, you start all over and you continue to go for it. And then you start to figure it out. Yes. And that's a little bit of what I've done, Misty. Yeah. I've, I've gone for it. And there are times where I stepped in it, but then I said, okay, I can <laughs> wipe it off and keep going, right? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and, um, and I tell you what, it keeps life exciting. And then I think more importantly, you can pull other people up. And 
I believe it's important if that if you don't make it about yourself, you can do some special things in life. And I believe one of the things that really helps me, Misty, in my role at Bradley is that I've already had my 15 minutes of fame in life. I've, I've been famous in a former life. I've, I've, I've been on TV. I've done stuff really cool. Right. And so I'm not really looking to be important. I'm not looking to be famous. I'm not looking to see my name in the paper. I just want to help people. Yeah, that's so important. And it gives me such comfort to be in this place where, you know what, now I can give 100% of my time and energy to how I can serve and support our community. And I love it. Well, you just gave us so many words of wisdom there. I would love to just, you know, unpack that a little bit more. But I think even that story about your aunt shining a light on you, right? I think in addition to just believing that in our abilities and that we're worth it, when someone else says that to us, our power extends exponentially. And so you're doing that in spades for other people, for your athletes, you're, you're teaching them how to do it. And so it's just very clear to me that you're building a movement even within your little corner of the world. So thank you for all you're doing. Well, thank you, Misty. We'll get back to the rest of the interview in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Symantle. I happen to know a thing or two about them because I'm one of the owners. Symantle is an industrial consumer marketing firm with an obsessive focus on customer experience. We not only execute killer marketing campaigns, but we help organizations align around goals, audiences, messages, channels, and tactics to create more than campaigns, but programs that align to business strategies. Symantle has 40 years experience crafting positive, engaging customer experiences at every point in the consumer journey. And if you like what you hear on this podcast, head to symantle.com slash blog for more content. You'll find articles, tips and tricks, do-it-yourself tools, webinars, and more to help you keep learning and growing right along with us. I can't let you go without asking my final question that I ask every single podcast interviewee. What's something you're struggling with right now? What is the question that's been on your mind? Because I so strongly believe in curiosity. Um, we don't have to answer it today, but let's put something out in the universe for people to think about. I'll tell you what's going through my mind right now. So I'm 51 years old and father time is undefeated. I mean, it's amazing how the body changes. Yeah. You're the second person this season who've said this exact thing. It's hard, isn't it? <laughs> Getting older is no joke. And right. so, yeah. And, and so to answer your question, it's you have to evolve physically, mentally, emotionally, socially. You have to be able to adapt and evolve. And that's so critically important. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. Well, I imagine it's extra hard for an athlete too, right? Very hard. It can be. It can be. But it's so important. And so we all go through different transitions and phases in life. And the term I like to use is it's evolve or evaporate. And so it's important professionally, personally, to always be relevant. And because when you're no longer relevant, then you're not relevant, right? And so... For me, it's getting a pulse of the community, getting a pulse of young people. That's always a challenge of mine because as I get older, the population of student athletes I serve, they don't change. It's always 18 to 22-year-olds. Right. 
but their value system is different and they're learning different things in the world. We got to stay up with the trend. You have to stay up with what's <laughs> going on with them. Yeah. And you can't dismiss what they're thinking no. and what they're saying because then you don't. That's our future. That's our future. You're not relevant. You're yeah. not helpful. And so it's trying to understand how they think and then trying to meet them halfway to pull them along. Sure. You have to go to where they are to be able to pull them along. And, you know, I was in um, the Dallas, Texas area a few years ago at a conference or something, and I learned a lesson that it was one of the top 10 lessons of, of my life. So it was this very nice resort. I was there for some type of a conference for something. I can't remember what it was. It was even before I came to Bradley. And there was a prestigious club, a tennis club, and there was an instructor that was there. And people from the Metroplex in Dallas, they would bring their kids to this exclusive club to learn how to play tennis. Right. And so I'm on a treadmill and I can see the tennis court. And I'm saying to myself, I got to watch this because why would someone spend so much money to have their kid be taught by this guy when you can learn how to play tennis somewhere else for half the cost. What's special about this guy? And so I'm watching, and so he's hitting the ball over the net, and they're missing the ball, or they're hitting it into the net. And so I'm not seeing anything different. And then he pulls everybody together. There's probably about 12 kids he's working with, and he did something that I'll never forget. So these were little kids. They were probably 10, 11 years old. He's probably six foot two. Okay. And so he, he, he says to them, okay, let me see your stroke, you know, forehand, backhand, they show him. And then, and, and, they're, and they're, 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 their technique's not very good at all. Yeah. And so he did something that was so simple, it was profound. He gets on his knees. He's looking at them at eye level. Right. And then he's showing them, he's, in, he's, he's modeling forehand, backhand. And the lesson for me in that is regardless of who I'm communicating, whether it's a six-year-old or 20-year-old, I have to talk with them at their level. Right. Yeah. Because if you're talking at them, they're not going to hear you. Sure. And so you got to find a way to get to a common ground so that you can relate, so that you can connect. We call it communication. I call it connecting. Because if you're communicating and not connecting, then you're just blabbing. You know, it's like the phrase that says, if I'm going, if, 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 if I'm leading and nobody's following, I'm just going for a walk. Absolutely. And so it's, it's important, whether it's our student athletes at Bradley or our community, as I lead in the community, I'm bringing people along. Well, you're so uniquely skilled at that. I will ask one follow up to that, you know. The rallying cry and the pep talk that you gave the community when we unveiled Choose Greater is still talked about now months later. There was a high in that room, an energy that, yes, we can do this. So when you were preparing for that speech, how did you decide to connect with the community? And what advice do you have for all of us as we champion the message forward so that we can carry that energy into the, the people who need to hear it? I would say as I thought about what to say on that day, it was easy because when I speak about Peoria... And this, again, this is one of the, the only place I can say this about when I worked at Notre Dame or Michigan State, I was somewhere else. I didn't grow up, but I'm one of us. Yeah. And so that just makes it easy. It's almost like cheating, right? I mean, it's like it's not fair, right? <laughs> because you can speak from the heart. I can feel speak it. from the heart, yeah. right? I'm from here. Yeah. I'm one of us. You're one of me. Like we're all we're all on the same team and we're family. 
And that's the greatest advice there is, because that's what I tell people. If you're not speaking authentically about your story and why it matters to you, it's just corporate talk, right? Absolutely. Tell it from a very personal place. It's just so easy to connect, and I can completely 100% be myself. And I have to be, because to be quite candid, Misty, I was in a meeting today, this morning, on campus. Somebody else was in the meeting, and I knew that person when I was like 10 years old. Really? Now, I'm in a leadership role, and that person isn't. She's in a supportive role. But you know what? I have all the respect in the world for that person because they used to wipe my nose growing up. (laughs) And so I have to be authentic because these people remember me back when I was. Absolutely. And these people had a huge role in me doing what I do right now. And I always say, I don't have to work at Bradley. I get to work at Bradley. Yeah. And the individuals in this community and those that work on campus, they knew me growing up. Yeah. And so I just, I have a high level of respect for the people who I work with because they saw me before I was all polished up. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I thank you for coming on and sharing your story because there's nothing more meaningful than understanding someone's background and how they got to where they are. So thank you for making the time. I've been so lucky to get to know you and I hope we have a good partnership well into the future. I look forward to it, Misty. And thank you for all that you do in the community as well. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marketing Sweats. In season eight, I'm sitting down with leaders from Peoria area businesses and civic organizations to talk about the huge collaborative effort underway to raise up our community called Choose Greater Peoria. We're all joining forces like never before to promote the place we call home, where you can work greater, live greater, and play greater. That's the Greater Peoria Advantage. To learn more about this movement, visit choosegreaterpeoria.org. And if you like this episode, you can hear more at our website, marketingsweats.com, or any of the major podcast listening platforms. You'll find over 70 episodes with guests like marketers, business consultants and leaders, personal and professional development coaches and authors covering a range of topics like B2B marketing, CX, brand building, data, tech, and more. That's a wrap for today. Keep up the good work, friends, and we'll chat soon.